I'm Andy Viano, a staff writer at the Flathead Beacon. Today is Tuesday, April 7th, and this is the Beacon's daily update on the coronavirus and its impact on the Flathead Valley. On today's show, I'll talk to Flathead Beacon media director Hunter D'Antuano about what it's been like to get out and take pictures of life during the pandemic while most of us have been sheltered at home. Plus, we'll have clips from a press conference held by Governor Steve Bullock, during which he announced a number of additional measures and extensions of others already in place. Before we get to that, a reminder that today's episode and all of the Beacon's free coverage in print and online is made possible by members of the Flathead Beacon Editors Club. Learn more or join the club today by visiting beaconeditorsclub.com. We'll get to my conversation with Hunter in a little bit, but let's get to the biggest news of the day first. As he's done several times in the near month since coronavirus first appeared in Montana, Governor Steve Bullock addressed the state on Tuesday afternoon and made some significant, if unsurprising, announcements. Today, I will be extending the directive to stay at home for an additional two weeks through April 24th. Along with the extension of the stay-at-home directive, we're also extending other directives on that same two-week timeline, including the mandatory quarantine for certain travelers arriving into Montana from another state or country the closure of all non-residential public schools in Montana, the restriction for on-premises food and beverage businesses, and the consumer protections to suspend evictions for closures and cancellation of utility services, including water, heating, and internet services. To reiterate, the closures of all K-12 schools and directive to stay home except for essential travel have been extended through April 24th. This also extends the state mandate that restaurants and bars not serve dine-in customers also until at least April 24th. In addition to those extensions, Bullock also made some suggestions for how Montanans should care for themselves if and when they leave the house. I'd also encourage you to wear a cloth mask or face covering consistent with CDC guidelines in public settings where other social distancing measures are difficult to maintain, such as grocery stores or pharmacies. Please use cloth face coverings and not surgical masks or N95 masks that are really needed by our healthcare workers and our first responders. It's also important to know that while cloth masks do help protect those around you, they should not be used as a replacement to social distancing or other protective measures such as washing your hands. You can read much more from today's press conference at flatheadbeacon.com and continue to check flatheadbeacon.com for the latest updates every day. Now let's switch gears and talk about the realities of life in the Flathead Valley and just what it's like to get out and shoot photos of a community during an unprecedented time. To do that, I chatted remotely, of course, with our staff photographer and media director Hunter Dantuano earlier today. We were just talking here a second ago before we started recording. The reason I thought it'd be so interesting to, to get you on the podcast today is that I think a lot of people are in my boat where for the last couple of weeks, I, other than a quick trip to the grocery store or walk around the block, you haven't really left the house. Uh, you, in order to document what's been going on in the Valley in the wake of the coronavirus outbreak, have been out quite a bit. So 
I guess just to start, Hunter, what what is it like out there? What, what's going on right now in the Flathead Valley? Uh, well, uh, it, it's a different place to say the least out there. Um, it's, uh, it's a little emptier, and I'd be lying if I said it wasn't a little eerie. It, it's 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 interesting. There has been, you know, social norms, you know, in face of this virulent virus have been upended. I'm trying to recall the last time I I shook someone's hand. But it presents unique challenges kind of as a photographer because frequently you want to be able to get as physically close as a shot warrants sometimes, but that really isn't always possible in a safe manner anymore. So it's been kind of a, a new exercise to, uh, to, to document things. How have people been behaving when they see you? I guess how welcoming are, you know, whether it's businesses you've been outside or, or I guess before everything was shut down, maybe inside of or, or other places where, you know, obviously we're trying to stay far away from each other. What reactions have you gotten from people as you've run into them? Uh, it's It's been a whole range of reactions, honestly. But for the most part, it's uh, people... Are, are are still you know respectful, but again we just maintain, just keep in mind to 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 maintain uh, an appropriate distance. Um, you know some people are not so happy to see me, like when I was at Costco uh, the other day when there was a, a big rush after the governor declared his stay-at-home directive. Um, but then on the other hand, when I went to the airport to um, shoot the uh, National Guard uh, screening incoming passengers, it was if it was as if I was invisible. Nobody. Uh, so much to look askance at me. So it's been a, a really broad range of reactions just depending on the, the context of the situation. You know, part of your responsibility is basically the, the artistic or some of the, the layout of the paper and how we illustrate all of our stories, which is just a big part of of what we do, obviously, and whether it's online or or in print, the visual part of consuming journalism is is pretty important part of the storytelling. How have you gone about illustrating some stories? I know there's a portrait of a couple of Kalispell Regional Healthcare employees on the cover of this week's Beacon, but for mm-hmm. other stories where where maybe you would use people and and the you know, emotion that, that comes from them in illustrating a story when that's not an option? How, how have you had to adapt? Uh, no, that's, that's a great question. You know, in instances, again, where we have a portrait, you know, like we're, I mean, we're shooting, shooting outside more frequently because that permits you more space and it's safer. You're busting out that telephoto lens a lot more to um, maintain distance. And then honestly, because there aren't a lot of people around that you're able to document with, I think a I think a, a perfect example of that is um, just a few hours after the first two confirmed cases of of COVID nineteen were announced in the Flathead on March twentieth. I had an idea to uh, take take our drone and uh, fly it over downtown Whitefish and uh, get this very eerie perspective of just almost all the parking spaces downtown completely empty on a beautiful Friday evening at seven o'clock when whitefish should be hopping. And I think that kind of, you know, drove the message home of this, uh, this just this new reality, this, 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 this emptier uh, world where people once used to interact in proximity is, is, is no more. You've talked about, you know, the, the keeping your distance for doing portraits, some of the other things that, 
are different. What have you done to, to sort of protect yourself? I mean, certainly you don't want to go catch COVID-19 while you're out doing this work. What, what measures have you taken to make sure that, that, that this is, there's as little danger, I guess, as possible in, in going out of the community during a time like this? Right. Of course, you know, yeah. And I think it, it, it comes down to washing my hands uh, religiously like we all should. Hands are even a little dry and cracked these days. Putting on a pair of gloves when you go out to the gas pump to, to, to refuel. And again, most importantly of all, just maintaining at least that six feet distance whenever possible. You know, and especially if you happen to be around a, a, an older person or someone who may be more at at risk, just trying to follow those same measures that we've been all told to follow as as much as possible, and uh, just trying to be efficient with my trips around, um, getting things done quickly, um, etc. Right. Well, Hunter, thanks so much for uh, for the time and and for all the work. The paper still looks great despite uh, despite challenging circumstances. So uh, appreciate you and, and appreciate you joining me for a couple minutes today. Uh, of course, thank you so much, Andy. Now here's the latest on COVID-19 in Montana as of 6.30 p.m. on Tuesday, April 7th. A change in reporting procedures means the state has not reported updated case totals since late Monday, but news was made Tuesday in Flathead County when the city-county health department announced, quote, documentation of community-wide spread. Six cases confirmed in recent days in the county could not be traced back to any previously known cases, or travel outside the area. The so-called community spread only strengthens the recommendations made by local, state, and federal health officials to remain at home as much as possible and take the necessary precautions, including wearing gloves and breathable masks when going out to public places. All close contacts of the patients believed to have acquired COVID-19 through community spread have been quarantined. Elsewhere, on Monday night, the city of Kalispell declared a state of local emergency. By an 8-to-1 vote, the city council passed an ordinance giving city manager Doug Russell access to emergency funding and other administrative responsibilities for the next 90 days. The ordinance also contained a clause allowing Russell to, quote, direct law enforcement to enforce quarantines or curfews, although no curfew has been implemented and no ingress or egress restrictions have been put in place in town. The council meeting was held remotely due to concerns over the coronavirus, but that clause in particular sparked an in-person protest outside City Hall organized by Dr. Annie Bukacek. Bukacek warned local media in an email that the city was instituting, quote, martial law. And one final note before I go. Depending on when you're listening to this, the first episode of the Beacon's new true crime podcast, Project 7, is now available. It's produced by myself and Justin Franz, and if you enjoy this podcast that we manage to put out every day, I think you're really going to enjoy the story the two of us spent the last 15 months telling. So subscribe to Project 7. It's available wherever you get your podcasts. That's all for today. Thanks so much for listening.